Welcome to Dodgers Daily. I'm Casey Porter. I'm so glad that you decided to tune in today and tonight. We have a very, very, very special guest, one that I'm very excited to talk to. As you see on your screen, outfielder in the Dodgers organization, Drew Avens joins Dodgers Daily. So, Drew, thank you so much for joining. Oh, yeah, it's good to be here. Uh, I like talking baseball, so any chance I get to talk about it, I'll always, I'll always do it. So. Yeah, and that's obvious the way that you play. You can tell that you absolutely love baseball. I've seen your process both as you get ready for games. I've seen you play so many times in Oklahoma City. You can tell you you love the game of baseball, your throwback. But before we get into your baseball game, i got to ask you, Alabaster, Alabama, right there in the middle of the state of Alabama, Auburn, Alabama, which way do we go here? I always lean to Alabama. Um, Always lean Alabama. Are they going to win this? Do they have a chance to make the playoffs this year? I think they need another team, though. They need one of those one-loss teams to lose again. And another one-loss? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Very good. Another one-loss team. So, okay, let's move on. Let's talk about your career. And you, you, We're going to get into your high school career here in a minute there at Thompson High School. But I also wanted to start, of course, you went to SLU there at Southeastern Louisiana. You were a lion. And I know you're very proud of that. And and uh, your very first college hit came against the University of Utah, correct? Am I right there? Yeah. Yes. That and, was, yeah. It, I think it was like it took me like two months to get my first hit. It was. It did not come right away. It took a while. Okay, so I got to ask you. Of course, we know him as a pitcher now, but Andre Jackson was on that Utah team, and he was roaming the outfield for the Utes that afternoon. So I got to ask you, Drew Avens. You know, he's a triple-A Dodger. Andre was your teammate last year in Oklahoma City. Drew Avens for SLU, and then you had Andre Jackson for Utah. Which one was the better outfielder that day, huh? Uh, probably probably him. He got the start. I came in, <laughs> I came in like the eighth inning. I think we were getting our uh, – we won Friday night, and then they won the next two. So, I didn't give it to Andre. He's a, he's a good athlete. I've never seen – Somebody like even when he picks up a bat in the cage every now and then, like looks like he never quit hitting. He's pretty good, no doubt. So he's probably always begging to to hit BP. And then you were also a pitcher. In fact, you got you got recruited to be a pitcher to Southeastern Louisiana. I believe you stopped after your junior year, in between your junior and senior year, to concentrate on your offensive game. But so Andre Jackson's always begging to hit BP. Now being left-handed, are you always begging to throw BP? No, I um I liked pitching when I do when I was doing both. Um, but I'm it's a lot of it's a lot of pressure on your arm when you're making throws from the outfield and throwing bullpens or throwing BPs. Like I, the older I've gotten, the more I try not to do anything that doesn't really pertain to what I'm trying to do that day. It's amazing how much wisdom that you pick up along the way. So let's back you all the way up. I know you're very proud of Coach Hamrick. He just he just made last January there at uh, Thompson High School. He was inducted into the Alabama Secondary Schools Association Hall of Fame. He has produced, you are one of the 90 college baseball players that he's produced and one of the six professional baseball players as well that have come underneath his guidance and his tutelage. So talk about Ho- Coach Hamrick. Uh, Coach Hamrick was, was at Thompson uh, before – you know, I really even probably as long as I can remember, he was always the the head coach at Thompson, and so whenever you, whenever he was around, I always felt like I wanted to impress him. You know, because I didn't want I wanted to be on varsity as soon as I could, 
Um, and Coach Hamrick, um, he's not loud. He's not a loud person, but he he's very uh, stern in what he wants to get done. Like he's a very nice guy, um, and he always he was as much as he was trying to help you get to the next level of college. He was also interested in trying to make you a better man. So, um, Coach Hamrick definitely succeeded in that part of it. I would, every time I go back home and stuff, I always text him to make sure I get to see him and say what's up. Um, he always asks me to play around and golf with him, but it never works out. <laughs> um, but uh, he's he's one of those guys that you don't forget. You know, he's been around the game for so long, and uh, especially at the start of my baseball, uh, like high school, going into college, like Coach Hamrick always had my back, so I knew uh, I loved that about him. And you had a wonderful career there at Thompson High School. You. You're, you're a two-way player, a two-way star, and you got recruited to play at Southeastern Louisiana as a two-way player, and you had a great career there. So take us through the decision. Obviously, it's it's somewhat local. You're from Alabama, but Louisiana is, is just one state over. So take us through your decision to go to Southeastern Louisiana and be a Lion. Uh, I want to say that they were the, they were the first Division One school that really started to recruit me. Um, and the only one to offer me. So I really, uh, but it didn't take me long to make the decision. I think uh, I went on a visit and within, within a week and a half, I had committed. Like it was, it was a similar hometown feel to what I had in Alabaster as the same in, in Hammond. So um, it was, it was, uh, it was everything I could have wished for. I got to stay on campus. I didn't have to stay on campus, but where I lived and stuff, it was, essentially on campus there wasn't i could walk anywhere i wanted to go i could um and then there's a high school there so like you always had like more of a family feel than like just one giant campus where nobody really knows who you are so um, and then coach uh latham was the pitching coach at the time and coach riser was the interim head coach when they recruited me and coach riser uh maybe a little bit louder intense of intensity than coach hammer but they were very similar in the type of coach that i played for so it was it didn't take long to make that decision you know those smaller division one schools maybe some of your bigger division two schools you still get to play big time baseball i know you got the game winning hit against lsu during your senior year a wonderful senior year you had but then you get to be in a small town like you mentioned, so you kind of get the best of both worlds, don't you? Oh, yeah. I I liked walking down the street and knowing who I was talking to. It was uh, – I enjoyed that part a lot. So let's talk about your career there at Southeastern Louisiana. You came in as a two-way player. I'm sure that was attractive to you that they were going to allow you to do that. And you hit the ball very good, but, uh, you know, and, and obviously you always have done that. You had a 346 ERA there at Southeastern Louisiana. And so I got to know, give us a scouting report, the type of pitcher you were. Uh, I think as a, I wouldn't, for college purposes, I wouldn't call myself a soft lefty, but I definitely wasn't throwing 90, 92 either. I was liking that 84, 87, but I, I will say I threw, I spun a breaking ball really well. I could shape it. I always thought of myself a little bit like Rich Hill. Like I could pretty much shape the breaking ball 
at any point in any count. And when a lefty can do that against lefties, like it, in college, you know, like it worked out pretty well. So I threw a lot of breaking points. And I would surprise <laughs> people with fastball. Uh, like, and then uh, if if you could hit my breaking ball, then I would. I didn't really have a changeup, so um, I was my change of pace pitch was a bigger breaking ball, and then I would try to short them. That's basically what I was. Um, <laughs> you were that guy that. Oh my god! Uh, I uh, just listening to you talk. You're the pitcher that. I left that game going, oh, my God, I don't want to ever face that. Because it's like you're over four and you can't figure out why and you didn't make any hard contact. You know, you're, that, you're just that guy that just frustrates everybody. Yeah, I just wanted to keep the ball down and then make everything look look enticing to hit until it wasn't. So, um, uh, I would say, and the older that I got, it was actually kind of funny. When, when the Dodgers did ask me to pitch in – um, the minor leagues for one season. I thought I'd be. Oh, I didn't ready. realize that they did ask you to pitch for a season in, in 2019. Um, okay, cool. Uh, I did both that year, and I thought I'd be throwing like 83, 84. I was like, this is like I throw my bullpens, and I was not lighting up the radar gun. But I mean, it actually ended up getting up to 90. I never really hit 90 until. Oh wow. I never hit 90 until I was a professional. So it was it was cool. That was a cool moment for me, but I don't think pitching uh, – I think they were just trying to manipulate roster rules more than anything, yeah. and that was one way of doing it. So, um, But I don't – as a pitcher, and seeing what I've seen so far, I don't – I mean, I would compete and I'd get out. Sure. It wouldn't be the same as somebody else getting <laughs> – same as everybody else. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And 2019 was a great year for you. I believe that was the year that you jumped three different levels and ended up in Tulsa. So that was a wonderful year for you. I'm going to look to my left because I want to make sure that I get these numbers right. At Southeastern Louisiana, your senior year, we're going to jump to your senior there, year there as a Lion. You hit 462. Your slugging percentage was 568. So, I mean, just an incredible year you had. You had 23 stolen bases. We'll get to the 40 that you had this year. 10 home runs, 44 RBIs, and then you had a game-winning hit against LSU. Wow, what a year you had there, your your last year there in Hammond, huh? Yeah, that was a good year. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, I like thinking about it. It's uh, I think it's kind of the start of, of like, like where I kind of learned how to play the game, like more than anything. You know, like maybe – I mean, I, I think I had decent years as a sophomore and junior, but um, – like I really, like I really played the game my senior year, and uh, as far as like took the hit the other way when it was given to me. If I worked a good count and got a leverage count, I was able to execute driving the ball into the gap, and uh, and I just kind of took it from there. Um, I know that I did not start out my senior year on fire either. It took it took probably two weeks to really get going before. And LSU was actually the game that got me going. So um, we played them early in the year, and you do something good like that against them, you realize that it ain't them, the game's the same. It don't matter who you're facing. No so doubt. That that was probably like the stepping stone that really got me going. That my senior year. Yeah. Was Fiducia on that LSU team? Do you remember? He was. He was catching. He actually threw oh. me out that game. That I, I don't know. How oh, really? He, th- he tried to steal on him, and he threw you out. He threw me out. Yeah. Oh no! Uh, oh no! As, no. as 
As good of a game as I had, I always tell Felicia that you got me. I don't know how many times I got thrown out that year. Probably a handful, but I know he was one of them because I remember getting a good jump and Fiducia's got a cannon. So I was like, I can't believe that he got me on that one. I was like, good for you. It's a good thing he's so laid back, though, because if he wasn't, man, you'd never hear the end of that one, right? Uh, yeah, nah, he's, <laughs> he's a good dude. I, I yeah, like that so after 2018, your fourth year there at Hammond, Louisiana, you had a wonderful career as a Lion. You get drafted in the 33rd round, a round that no longer even exists. I believe there's only 20 rounds now to the Major League Draft. So you get your, your career started. So let's let's look at it from this direction. We'll, we'll kind of go incrementally. But I wanted to start with 33rd round, which is which is down there. I mean, like I said, it's not even a round anymore. That round it isn't, it isn't anymore. And now here you are one step away from the major league so take us to that whole process how you went from the 33rd round all the way all the way to where you're at right now oh uh i remember when the season ended uh i really was not sure if i'd get drafted or not i know i wanted to but i really wasn't sure if i was going to um and when i when my name did get called it was it was like a sigh of relief like at least i get an opportunity to do this for a living so uh so in 2018, uh, I started off on fire. I mean, it felt it felt good to hit the ground running. And there was a scout uh, right before the start of my senior year that says, if you did these things and you got drafted, it would be a senior sign, and you would have to hit the ground running. Like you'd have to hit, yeah. get off the bus and hit. And uh, that was my goal. So as soon as I got there, I don't think – any hitting coach I could find, I talked their ear off. So I was like, I'm going to, I'm just going to play. And it was good. I had a really good start. So that's fantastic. And, and, you know, listening to him play, he's always, he's already described the type of player that he became, the type of player that he learned how to become as a senior at Southeastern Louisiana. I call you a throwback. Of course, I'm a little bit older than you guys are but you know there's so many what I call three outcome players nowadays in the game of baseball the three outcomes being either hitting a home run striking out or walking and there's just very little in between in offensive baseball now especially with all the modern day advanced metrics that teams use to figure out the best way to score runs and that kind of thing and when I see a player like you man it is I get so fired up because you do all you fill in all those holes that a team needs. I call you kind of a Lenny Dykstra type of player. You give off that vibe to me, you know, just tough as nails and anything your team needs you to do, you'll do it. You know, you had the, the longest streak in the PCL this last year at fifty games in the last three years. I don't I don't know if you knew that or not, but that's the longest on base streak in the last three years in the PCL. You stole forty bases and on two consecutive occasions on back-to-back nights, you extended that streak with bunt base hits. So, I mean, you do just simply everything to beat a defense. So, talk about being kind of a throwback player. Uh, kind of, I just like to play the game. You know, I don't really – that's – when it's all said and done, like, it doesn't matter. There's so many different ways to score runs, and I know home run. I mean, tech, yes, a home run is the most efficient way to do it. You know, one swing, one run. Um, but, like – a solo home run only works in the in the bottom of the ninth. You know, like you have nine innings to score as many runs as you can. You know, if 
Uh, so the first way to score a run is to get on first base. So that's where I start. If if I look around, see the defense, if, if the bun is there, then thank you. I'll take it. And then um, – no shift against Drew Avens. No, I mean I hope you do. That it would make it makes the game a little bit easier. Not that it is is ever easy. Even bunting, like, is a skill. Uh, I don't want people to think that anybody can just drop one down. And, all right. Because all spring training, first thing I do when I get to the field is I get loose and then I go to the machine and I bunt in the morning. Uh, that's what something that is simple, and if you work at it. There's, it should be simple. So as far as the bunting goes, and then it's like shooting a free throw, isn't it? Pretty much. I mean, if yeah. you're gonna if you're gonna compare it to yeah. that, yeah, that would be. You know, if there's so many just times practice of, it and learn how to do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's so many times a bunt will win the game, and people just. I feel like people overlook it a little bit. Yeah, no doubt. You mentioned spring training just a minute ago, and I want to take you back to just an absolutely wonderful moment that you had this last spring training, and Tim Neverett was on the call. I got a chance to talk to Tim last year. He does such a wonderful job behind the mic. But the Grand Slam in spring training, man, that was cool, wasn't it? Yeah, that was cool. Uh, I mean, it's only spring training, but, I mean, anytime you get a chance to to play on the big field, you know, I don't, I don't take it for granted. You know, that was, that was the second time I got called over. And the first time, actually, the first time – that I got to go over there. I played defense, and I got one and back. And I got You're talking about drilled. the big field. Yeah, the big field. field like, you're just getting called over to go play in the big league spring training. Um, yeah. My first about, I get drilled in the back, and oh. that was like, <laughs> all right, this is the same over here. People, can't hey, I'm on base, right? Yeah, I did, I did my part. That's another way of getting on. So <laughs> I was like, all right, keep it simple. And then the second time, I got a chance to drive in some runs and. I did. Got a good pitch to hit and didn't miss it. So just remind you that the game is the same. You know, don't didn't matter the situation. Get a good pitch, be on time, good things happen. You had some adrenaline after you hit it, didn't you? Yeah, I was excited. It was <laughs> come off the bench to to pinch hit. Even in in those, it just like it felt good. Even if it was just for a backup kind of day, be a backup. It didn't matter to me. I was glad to be out there. No doubt. Hey, I, I, I must be remiss. I, I completely should have started the entire show with this, but you had a baby last week, didn't you? I did, yeah. His name's well, Dad. congratulations on fatherhood. Hey, of all the things we're going to talk about today, none of them are even close to as important as, as becoming a father. Uh, I haven't got much sleep in the last week, but it's well worth it. Uh, his name's Dax, and uh, Dax. I'm just uh, – I opened up a – a whole new way of looking at things. So it was without even the second I saw him, it was like, all right, you're numero uno. Uh, let's I'll keep it that way. Wow. You're, you're one step away from the major leagues, just became a dad. I mean, boy, life is good in the Avens family right now. So, I mean, you got life right by the right in your hands right now, but Hey, let's talk about last year, twenty. 22 40 stolen bases again you have the 50 game on base streak which is the longest in the last three years of the pcl you hit 286 seven home runs your your on base percentage was right around 400 what a year you had in 2022 right i mean it was like you got momentum 
And I believe I saw you somewhere like in April or May, and you had been on a tear at that point. I remember mentioning, you probably don't remember that, but I remember mentioning something to you about how hot you'd been. And the next thing you know, man, it's like three or four months later, and you're still hot. You had a great year, didn't you? I did. It, uh, I executed about as everything that I pretty much wanted to execute. If I wanted to lay down a bunt, I laid it down. If I wanted to drive the ball into the gap, I drove the ball into the gap. Um, if, if I wanted to work a count, get on base, like I worked a count. It, it was pretty much anything that I really wanted to execute, I did. And I was really proud of that. Yeah, should have been. No doubt. And another thing about your game that I absolutely love is you're an emotional leader. There's no doubt. I mean, you have fire in your belly. And I know over 162 games, then you have spring training as well. So by the time you're done with it, it's somewhere around 200 games. So it's hard to be emotional or you, you can't ride that roller coaster, obviously. You need to be even killed to an extent. But you definitely are that guy that, that you know, has a lot of adrenaline every time you play and has a big fire in your belly, don't you? Uh, you never know which game is going to be the game that wins you wins you a championship. I mean, obviously, there's a great one, way to look at it. Uh, obviously, the big one at the end of the year, everybody knows that one, but um, you never know which one is going to be the difference. Uh, so I just assume they all make a difference. Awesome way to look at it. Hey, let's talk some business here. Rule five draft is coming up next month. I'm of the opinion that somebody's going to snatch you up, which is going to suck for me because I love watching you as a Dodger. Of course, nobody knows exactly what's going to happen. So I kind of wanted to ask you, and, and, you know, just from this perspective, is that a distraction for you in the offseason, or is that just something you don't simply think about? Uh, I'd be lying if I said I didn't think about it. Um, uh, for my career's sake, um, I, would love, I would love the opportunity to yeah. get to play at the next level. Because uh-huh. you'd have to be put on a 26-man roster and be in right. the major leagues next year, yeah. Right. Um, but at the same time, you know, I, I, like, I love the Dodgers organization. They drafted mm-hmm. me. They've been, they've been so good to me. Um, uh, they've given me opportunities when no one else has. So I'm very thankful for that. Um, and I'll never forget it, uh, for sure. Um, and I really don't know what's going to happen with the Rule 5 draft. Um, and as far as the offseason – goes i mean even if i don't get picked up you know i'll go back to spring training with the dodgers so the the pressure to really look that far ahead uh i'm not i mean i am not a gm you know yeah. I, don't, I don't try to play gm either um and as much as i would love to get picked up I, if i think about it too much then you just i'm not doing my job my job is to play their job is to put the best time players on the field so I'm trying to become one of those non-players. Regardless I'm going to make this statement having seen you both in 2021, 22, and, and you don't have to make a comment to this, but having seen you play as much as I do, and I've been in the game of baseball my entire life, which is almost 50 years, if you're a GM of one of the other clubs that's not the Dodgers, I'm calling Drew Avens immediately. I'm putting on my 26-man roster. I'm putting him in center field next year. I'm telling him to steal 30 bases, hit 10 to 15 home runs, and have an on-base percentage in the mid-threes to four, and to be at the top of the league and, and run scored. And I'm telling you, if you do that, he's going to produce for you, and he's going to give you that. So I just wanted to say that because that's my opinion. I've seen you for two years. I am that high in your game. I'm so impressed with you. So uh, you've been in, in AAA for two years in a row, so – you know, we, we've talked the business, the real five drafts. So no matter where you're at 2023, what are your goals for next year? Uh, just add on to 
what I've been doing. You know, if uh, maybe I could drive the ball over the fence a couple more times, that would be <laughs> that would be ideal. So I get in the weight room and get as strong as I possibly can. And but at the same time, like I know what kind of player that that I am, and I know what I do well. So I'm not really not willing to sacrifice maybe 20 points on an average just to hit five more home runs. Sure. Absolutely not. Like I'm really like my, my goal is to, is to touch home plate as many times as I possibly can, whether it's a home run walk a bunt. Cause at the end of the day, the goal is to score more runs than the other team. And that's my goal. And um, to put pressure on the defense. Yeah. Right. If, if uh, you're always on base and you make the pitcher throw out of the stretch, those are stressful pitches. And the more pitchers you get to see in a game, sure, the better opportunity you have at scoring runs. And such an underrated, you know, metrics don't don't aren't able to really take into account when Drew Avens gets on base like he does, and he steals forty bases, and the pitcher throws to first base three or four times. How many base hits were created because that pitcher was distracted throwing the ball to home plate? You know, those kinds of things, which is why I love players like you because I would love being your teammate because I know if I'm hitting when you're at first base, that pitcher is distracted. Yeah. uh, Again, there's so many different ways to score runs. And as good as as a home run is, like a three-run home run is better than a solo. Um, Sure, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I you need that, somebody on base, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, that's what I keep thinking about. How can I touch home plate? And yeah. my job is to get on base and touch it as many times as I can. And I understand that. So that's what I'm going to do. Uh, as far as extra goals, just keep doing what I'm doing. And I assume things will happen the way that they're supposed to. Uh, no doubt. And, and you've made them happen you know, you know, got people make their own luck, and you've certainly you've made things happen in your career. So, I like to finish these conversations with guys like you who have been so successful at everything you've done. For message for young kids, and boy, your message is really going to resonate because you're the same size as almost every kid out there. You're only five foot ten. You're not huge. You're not the guy that goes to showcase tournaments and probably throws the ball 180 miles an hour, hits the ball. 500 feet you've had to earn everything you've gotten as you as as you've as we've heard in this interview just by learning how to play the game of baseball so for all those kids out there you know you went to the smaller division one school you're drafted in the 33rd round so for all those kids out there that might feel like they're, they're going to get caught up in the wash what is your message for them uh you can't control what goes on around you only the things only the things that you do essentially matter. You know, um, if you're trying, if you're trying to become the best player that you can be every single day, then good things will happen. You know, and for me, that was just I try to master the fundamentals. You know, hit, put the ball in play, drive it when you can, bunt, run, defense. Like you can work on those things every single day. You know, you can't really control all the outcomes, but. You can control what you do and how you react. I would say that's a big stuff. Awesome message. And that's one that kids need to pay attention to because I'm telling you, if you go to a baseball game, you know, and I've told several kids that, that ask, hey, when we go to the Dodgers game in Oklahoma City or Tulsa, who do we watch? And literally the first guy out of my mouth is Drew Avens. If you want to learn how to actually play the game of baseball, 
that's the guy you need to watch. So, hey, Drew Avens, thank you so much for joining Dodgers Daily. Uh, this was so fun for me and, and such an honor. I'm so glad that you decided to answer my message and come on. So thank you again, Drew Avens, for joining Dodgers Daily. Thank you. Uh, I'm glad that there's people out there that at least notice some of the things that go on in a baseball game, other than just a home run or throwing 100 miles an hour. It's nice to to talk about the little, a little bit more of the details of baseball, which mean more to me than anything. So 